got us some gardening questions I need to answer. Golly. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ask the Garden Geek. My name is Michael Kroos. I am your chief geek in charge right here. I'm the founder and, and the guy that sits here behind Mr. Microphone and my studio recording this particular version of the show from my bedroom. And I'm recording it also in the evening of the 4th of July. So I don't know if you're going to pick this up or not. I think I've got a pretty good microphone here, but I don't know if you're going to pick it up. But uh, on my street, on the 4th of July, people have a tendency to like to blow up the neighborhood. I don't know why, but they do. When I had a dog, it was horrible. And when Luke the dog lived here, I used to have to take Luke into the bedroom that's at the back of the house, which is not my bedroom. And I would get him up on the bed that was in there with me, and I would lay in there and watch TV, and I'd turn the TV up kind of loud, and he would lay next to me because he would uh, he would just have a terrible time with all of that, you know, the fireworks. And a lot of people have that problem with their dogs. I would just take Luke back there on the 4th of July every year and pet him. And take, you know, My brother had a boxer for many years, this wonderful boxer. Same problem with the boxer that my brother had. And he said he used to have to take that dog to bed with him. And they would just lay on bed and turn on the TV. I don't know where we got the idea for turning on the TV. I got it from somebody years ago. But turn on the TV in the bedroom and have them lay on next to you and just constantly pet them and, you know, take care of them through the night. Uh, and around here, I, I got to tell you, they're going to be blowing things up until, I don't know, probably well after midnight. Well, 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 after midnight. Anyway, got a bunch of email this week with a bunch of questions, so I'm going to try and get to all of them. And here's one that is wonderful. Uh, these folks just got back from Hawaii, and guess what they brought with them? They brought pineapples. Did you know that you're not supposed to do that? That, they, you know, Hawaii is like really big on you not taking plants out of Hawaii. I think you could, there are certain plants that you can take, but they've got, they've got to go through some kind of a process. I know many, many years ago, my mother used to go to Hawaii a couple of times a year. She just loved going to Hawaii. And the first time she went, she packed up about four pineapples into her suitcase, and they got taken away from her at the airport. They had an agriculture people. They took it away because they weren't, you know, they have to go through some process. And she was, like, really mad about that. But the next time she went, she bought them at a special place, and she got some kind of tag that allowed her to take them out of the state. And she brought those home. But anyway, these people came home, you know, from Hawaii with pineapples, and they want to know how to grow them. Uh, and these people live down in Miami. And they, they want to know, well, it's going to be pretty easy for you down in Miami because my mom did the same thing uh, up in central Florida. And she grew, uh, and then I've got a friend named Rick who lives up here, and he grows pineapples all the time. And his pineapples are delicious. As was my mom's. My mom grew delicious pineapples. And, I mean, just oh, fruit, just so tasty. I love pineapples. And my mom used to do it too. But the way that you do it is if you don't go to Hawaii, you go out and you buy a fresh pineapple. You know, you don't buy the jar of dull pineapples, which I actually bought a couple of weeks ago because I was craving pineapples. Uh, but you buy a fresh pineapple. You know, right? you take it home and you slice off the, the crown, the top of it, you know, and um, this is what my mom said. My mom used a machete to do this. And she says, you got to have a clean blade when you do this. By the way, my mom was a wonderful gardener and she followed nobody's rules. 
Okay, so we're going to we're we're going to discuss the proper way to do it, and I'll tell you how my mom did it. Okay, and then they you know you're supposed to remove the leaves from the stalk. Mom never did that. She removed the bigger ones, but left the other ones there, and then allow the stalk to dry. Mom never did that either. Mom just she just went right to the next step. Okay, and uh, you plant the stalk. Now, Mom used to plant it in clay pots, and she kept them out uh, on the patio by her pool. And she would plant them out there, and, you know, she would get them going. And, by the way, every time she, she would grow a pineapple, she cut the stock off and just kept the thing going. You know, in Florida, you, you can do that, you know, what you're really year-round. And, you know, you got to water it. you got to keep it nice and wet until it starts to take root. And uh, then what's going to happen is eventually you're going to get a pineapple. Now, the first ones my mother did were all very small and because uh, I, re- I remember watching this. And, and maybe she just didn't have the patience, but she pulled them up. You know, you know she, she, she just, they, they were small, and she's cut them up because she wanted to taste them. Oh, they were delicious. But then they got better. She was not fertilizing them. I gave her some Dr. Chatelier's fertilizer to fertilize them with. And she did that for the next batch. And they, they grew big. They were wonderful. Uh, they, were, they were absolutely delicious, as a matter of fact. Now, my friend Rick, when he does his, he adds to the soil. He adds bone meal to the soil. And he liberally puts it around the soil and puts that down. By the way, his pineapples are big and and everything else. And then he just throws citrus fertilizer, fruit tree fertilizer down, but he adds the bone meal. And he said the bone meal adds to the taste a lot. And that works out very, very well for him by by doing that. And that that makes sense. And at any given time, oh, oh, at any given time, he's got six or seven pineapples going, and he does something a little bit different than uh, mom used to do. He never he never starts with the pot. He puts it all, he's got a section of his house where he puts it all out there. And the other thing that he did, and I forgot, my, my mom used to do this, is, and both of them would do this, is they would take a little bit of banana peel and put it in the crown as the plant was developing, and that gas just got in there and just made everything taste so much better. Uh, Ricky grows, uh, I call him Ricky, he's an adult male, he's got grown kids, I've known him for years, I still call him Ricky. Uh, but Rick grows, I'll, I'll try and be nice and call him Rick. I think that's more respectful, but he, he goes with Ricky. Uh, he is just absolutely fascinated with it. And by the way, he got started with it when his wife's parents went to Hawaii and brought back pineapples. And I guess his father-in-law tried growing some and was unsuccessful. And so Rick got involved and Rick's wife got involved and, and they just, now it's, it's their hobby and they grow them like crazy. So that's good. I have personally never grown them. I've just kind of went over and used to hang out at mom's house and watch her do it and eat her pineapples that she grew. And mom got pretty good at it. But again, she did the, the clay pots. I never, never quite understood why she didn't put them in the ground, but she just liked the clay pots. And it was decorative out by the pool. You know, they, they just looked real nice out there. I remember one year 
uh, the grandkids were all over the pool splashing, and the chlorine water got in the pots, and one of them didn't quite make it. Just one of them didn't quite make it. So, uh, you know, that, uh, but that was the only, the only real problem. So that, my friends, is how you grow pineapple. And it's a very, very fun thing to do. You're listening to Ask the Garden Geek. We continue. gave away a book about hydroponics and I said if you want to win the book you have to be the first person to email me a picture of the lawn I gotta be honest with you when I do these things you know if they especially if they have to do something like email a picture I might get two people sometimes one sometimes three uh, especially if they have to do something like take a picture of their lawn and send it to me one time I had them take a picture of their pet and send it to me this week, a book on hydroponics, a strange book on hydroponics that you have to jump through all kinds of hoops to get. You can't buy it off Amazon. And on, on Saturday, the show came out on Saturday at, at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time. And I got, I think it was 17 requests for the book. And, you know, everybody wanted the book. I only had one book. You know, usually, sometimes I have more books. I only had one book. And it went to a, a nice lady and I, who sent me a picture of her, yawn, her, of her yard with her Toro mower sitting in the driveway, which I thought was wonderful. I thought that was just great. You know, nice, nice little thing. So she got it, disappointed some other people. And because I disappointed the other people, I wrote a, an email to the people where I got the book. And I told them, I said, listen, you know, I do this gardening show. I gave away one copy of your book. I had a bunch of people request it. Is Would it at all be possible that you send me some more books to give away? I didn't say how many. I, I would like it if they sent, you know, 16 of them or so. But And then my daughter tells me she wants one. You know, oh, come on. And, uh, you know, so they, uh, you know, I, so I sent that out and asked them if they could send some more. And if they do, I'm just telling you, if they do, I've got everybody's names and address. I'm going to send you the book if they do. I don't know if they will or not. It's just a real weird thing. Uh, and it's it's an internet marketing thing is how they're marketing this book as part of several courses that they want you to to buy. and all. You just can't go buy the book on Amazon. And the, the surprisingly good thing about it is that it is a very informative book. Very, very, very informative book. It's like really, really nice. And, you, you know, I would think stick it on Amazon so people can buy it. No, got to jump through all kinds of hoops to get the darn thing. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, got a bunch of, of email this week also with gardening questions. And I'm going to get right to the gardening questions. Talked about growing pineapples. Uh, I, husband and wife team wrote, and they said they heard me talking about and this was a long time ago that I talked about this, about a guy who grew bean sprouts. And they said, and he was doing it commercially, would I expand on that a little bit? Well, and, and then, then he said, how could we get, you know, try it on a small basis? Well, I'll tell you how 
I have grown bean sprouts in the past. The former Mrs. Crows, Mrs. Crows number three, not my favorite, which is Mrs. Crows number two, but Mrs. Crows number three wanted bean sprouts for some, you know, and there was none at the store. There's a grocery store in it called Publix where we live that always has bean sprouts. And she was like really mad, you know, and she said, she said I'm going to send you out to different Publixes and see if you can find me some bean sprouts. I said, what? And they said, no, no. Uh, so I said, well, I said, here's what we do. You know, how, how, how are we going to do this? And uh, I said, I'm going to grow you some bean sprouts. And it, what? I said, yeah, I'm going to grow you some bean sprouts. I'm going to do it in a jar. And uh, I use mung beans. We, I, I, you know, I went and I bought some mung, uh, mung beans. And I, what you do, if you want to grow them yourself, and you can be very, I was, I only, I just tried it once and it worked. I just tried it one stink of time and it worked. And then I'll tell you how the guy did it commercially. And by the way, the guy that was doing it commercially was making a lot of money and he had no idea what he was doing. Somebody told him exactly how to do it. He knew nothing about horticulture. He did it in, he, in a warehouse that he had rented and was selling them to restaurants. He would grow them over overnight. And the next day, he and his wife in two separate vehicles would go out and deliver these things to all these restaurants. And he was making a lot of money. And then he got some kind of disease that struck through his whole thing and it put him out of business. It just literally, he had to scrub, by the time he got it, everything back to where he could grow them again, uh, he had lost his customers or most of his customers. But anyway, you, you uh, rinse the beans over, okay? And you put them in a jar and you fill the jar with, not all the way, but you fill the glass jar most of the way. You, you wanna cover up all the beans that you got with, uh, you know, with, with water. Now, here's what I did. I did not take the water out of the faucet because where we live, they put something, you know, they have chlorine in the water where you live. Well, we have something worse in our water. It's called chloramine. And I just won't drink water out of the tap anymore. And I'm not even real pleased about taking showers in it. Uh, but it was, I mean, it's just, I, so I was, at that time I was buying bottled water. Now I've got a really good water filter. But back then I was buying bottled water. So I just used the bottled water and I filled the jar with the bottled water. Okay. And, uh, and then you uh, put the cover on it that's drainable. And I poked holes in, in, in the cover so that it would drain. And uh, then you let them soak for eight to 12 hours. Well, here's the other, the other trick. And I, I just had gotten this from remember the guy did it all in total darkness. So, I wanted this done in total darkness. So I, I started wrapping towels or, you know, over the top of it and then several towels. And then I got paranoid and I had a closet in one of the, you know, in the family room. I, I had a closet that would be, that was closed up and there was nothing else. And we just store stuff in it. I took it in there and I closed it and it was in total darkness. Okay. And uh, the next morning I opened it up, pulled it out. Beautiful bean, bean sprouts, just wonderful. And she used it for her salad and all this other stuff that she was making. And then, you know, she started doing it herself. And she did it a couple of times after that. Then she got lazy and just would buy them at Publix. But it's relatively easy to do. And you can grow sprouts in 12 hours. We, I also, she tried alfalfa sprouts and was successful with that. And by the way, I enjoy the alfalfa sprouts. I can sit there and I can munch 
on alfalfa sprouts myself. I just like to eat them. Uh, my son, Jamie, who's now 28 years old, back then he was much younger. He used to like to just sit and munch on the bean sprouts. And there is nothing in the world healthier than eating sprouts. Uh, it is like one of the healthiest foods that you can eat. But uh, that's the key. Is in My key to success in that is not using chlorinated water. That you you know you use pure water. Now the guy that I knew that had this business, and, and by the way, I met him because this was oh man, this was thirty five years ago when this or more. This was in seventy eight seventy nine. When was that? That was a long time ago. And when I met this guy, and he had a warehouse down from where I used to do a lot of business, and. A bunch of people would go there and play soccer, and I liked to play soccer back in my younger days. And I just joined this little soccer thing that he would play in, and uh, that's how I met him. And I said, "What do you do for a living?" He goes, "Oh, I grow uh, sprouts. I grow alfalfa sprouts, and I grow bean sprouts, and I grow them every night." And I go out the next day. I said, "Well, show me how do you do that?" And he took me in, and he had about—I'm going to guess. I'm just going to guess, and say that it was a 2,000 square foot garage warehouse. And he had a hose in there, and uh, he says, and he did it in these tubs. He would just, you know, and he would buy 50-pound bags of these beans, and he had a lot of those bags. He had those bags stacked up everywhere. And he would just take those things and put them in these tubs and then add water. And he said, you got to keep it in total darkness, and then they're ready to harvest the next day. And he says, we get here very early in the morning. We harvest them and lay them all out and get them organized. And we put them in little bags and we take them to restaurants. And we got they, we have a route of restaurants that we take them to. I said, do you put any nutrients in it? Oh, nope, this is all I do. Just this, and I said, you know, and he knew nothing of what he was doing, but that's what he did. And they were, you know, they both quit their jobs. They were both doing this. So he would do that. He would come, you know, back during the day, you know, and plant the beans for that night. And then he played soccer in the afternoons out in this field next to where we always play soccer at was in this field next to the warehouses. So he was like always there. I could only go one day a week where I could go play soccer. But a lot of people played soccer just about every afternoon. And that's what he did. And his wife liked to, you know, go to the beach. So she'd go to the beach and then, you know, they just did that. And then the next day, get up early in the morning, do their harvest. And then they had, like I say, some kind of disease got in there or something got in there, some type of fungi got in there and worked its way through and destroyed all of their things. And it took them, well, they didn't know what was going on. And they were calling me and asking me, and I didn't know. And I hooked them up with a, a guy who is the commercial agriculture agent who actually went out and looked at it and determined what it was. And it took them two weeks to get it back up and running. But that's how you grow sprouts in a jar. It's relatively easy. Easily? No, it's easy. I don't know. It's easy. It's easy.